Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm so good. And I'm so loud. You are loud. <laughs> How are you? It's on me. <laughs> person who mixes this. Uh... Yeah, hi. Full of mistakes. Oh, Nothing boy. set up Mine's well. falling out. Literally Things just... falling over. Literally. Right before we jumped on air, I was bragging about all the hard work I do for this podcast. And tonight, everything's going wrong. Oh, boy. That's the way we do it. Here on episode 76 of The Long Finish. 76. Sweet number 76. What's your favorite thing about the number 76? Mm, my dad. Oh. Mm-hmm. 76 years old. He is looking good for 76. Going strong. Yeah. Right off the bat, this is the giving season. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, that would be the greatest gift that you could give to us. It would really be wonderful. Just one little click and a thumbs up or, and like, you know, Catherine's great, those. Tug's fine. <laughs> We love those jokes and well, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. The wines are good or whatever. Something. We appreciate all of you listening out there. We thank you for being so consistent with us and for all the love you've given so far. Echo those sentiments. Really appreciative to all the listeners for another great year. We're going to be doing it again next year. We have this episode, frankly, the best two episodes coming up because it's what is it, Catherine? It is the drinking season. It is champagne season. Champagne season. So Let's we're going to do celebrate. two episodes on sparkling wine and champagne to end the year as everyone celebrates surviving 2021. So we'll talk about that tonight, and then we will kick off one of my favorite episodes of the year, the new year, which is Catherine's predictions for wine Ooh, 2022. I look into my crystal ball. Look in your crystal ball. Tell us what you see. So, let's talk about one of your favorite things to do, drink champagne. Mm. What are we drinking to celebrate the holiday season in full throttle go mode for episode 76? What are we drinking? Really excited about this producer and this wine tonight. This is Vincent Couch. This is Champagne Eclipsia. It's a rosé champagne. And right on the front, it says biodynamie. It's biodynamic, non-vintage delicious rosé champagne and this is i'm telling you one of the purest champagnes on the market this is natural wine 100 percent. it tastes more like a wine but it is also tastes like champagne it's both at the same time it's this is a really special bottle it's delicious lots to get into with this wine i know you were very excited to drink the wine tonight talk about the wine so should be a great conversation for that. Catherine and I are taping this on Monday night in our life. Going through some struggles again with the kids as far as uh, putting them to bed. Our middle child, <laughs> let's just say um, we've had some domestic engineers this year that are so good at their jobs, they've been, they've been stolen from us. 
Is it fair to say? Yes. Let's just say <laughs> we are without a child care professional. <laughs> Calling all sitters. If you know someone, help us out. Yeah. Along with your review of the long finish, could you also send us a certified, qualified babysitter? So Catherine and I are back to doing it by <laughs> ourselves. And we put our middle child into a couple extra hours of preschool to help us survive the day. The great news is we have a couple extra hours to do some work. And the, it's it's good. It's going well. And the bad news is that uh, he, he is so comfortable there, he takes a nap there, which makes bedtime very hard. For the last two nights, I try to put him to bed. And it's taken 45 minutes to an hour to put him down. So we're back to all those episodes, 40, 50 episodes ago, where we were in this long finish is real. But, but I really want to thank you for doing that and taking that. Because here's the thing. When I go in there to do it, I fall asleep. And then he co- Tug comes and wakes me up like at 930. I'm like totally. She gets so mad at me for not, just, opening, for not waking uh, her up early. I'm just like out of my mind. I, I don't know what to do. I wander around for half an hour and then go to bed. It's just and then get up with the baby. It just none of it makes sense. So thank you for doing it. That's true love. Really nice to hear those words from you uh <laughs> thank you i don't mean it <laughs> uh yeah so we're in a bit of a struggle right now as we are as much of 2021 is is a constant state of flux uh being nimble flexible dynamic with your schedule we're here we're just doing it waking up every day and showing up and Doing life. Yeah, so we're going to grind hard. I know it's a busy time at Estridge. You want to let us, uh, tell us a little bit about what life is like in December at Esther's. Well, our team right now is really working hard. I got to say thank you to our team who is grinding in the morning afternoon and night to make esters go we have so many events going right now which is fabulous everyone's so excited because they couldn't do events last year and they are like yay we're gonna do events this year for the holidays so we have lots of events going on we have our gift boxes which you know is a whole (laughs) other little part of the business and there's lots of that happening and then people are just excited to be out in a restaurant and They're excited to be inside and everyone here in Los Angeles, if you're going to dine inside, you have to be vaccinated. So everyone feels like, oh, I want to be inside, you know, and it's cozy. And so Esther's is just, we just open for daytime on Saturday and Sunday. There's just a lot going on. And our team is working so hard to make it happen. And I couldn't be more grateful because as I said, we have a, a child care lapse right now so my time there is more limited and our team is killing it everyone's getting in the holiday mood we got in the holiday mood this past weekend by going to get a christmas tree decorating the tree huge moment for you i know that's a big deal for you i, I enjoy it as well but i know that you are very passionate about the tradition of decorating the tree i love it from being a little girl it was one of my favorite things that i really wanted our family all to do together and it was just so special to me and listening to music and all like participating in this activity and we do the same thing now and it was so special to go pick out a tree the kids just loved it they were like, it's a christmas tree farm i'm like well 
Yeah, sometimes there are Christmas tree farms. This is a parking lot, but um, someday we'll do that. It's a Christmas tree farm, Mommy! I mean, you would have thought, I mean, it was just from a storybook. And this, like, dumpy place on the side of the highway that we went to, they just thought it was magic. And there's a sleigh, and there's, like, a little, you know wire reindeer with lights on it they were just in awe of all this stuff and it to me is so special because it's that's the magic you know you see it in them like that's the magic anything can be so special it was awesome it's the first year we've had two kids that are getting it that are getting it yeah so that's that is a lot of fun and what was really fun for you and i is that we had a big argument right before we (laughs) right we before we decided to decorate the tree I don't remember what it was about. I think it was about salmon or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who knows wh- wh- where these domestic arguments start and finish, but in, in the middle, we, or when we concluded, we forgot about it and, and decorated a tree. let's move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, our oldest sort of like is a good mediator. He sort of like uh, kind of makes fun of he both says, of us. You're both right. You're both <laughs> right. Say, Bo, listen, this is part of what it means to be close with people. Sometimes you disagree and you have to get it out. And then we do love each other and we all come around to just making it work in the end. And mommy and daddy love each other. That's it. It's very true. But he still makes fun of us. He, does. he makes fun of me especially. Like, yeah, right, dad. Yeah, mom's right. Mom's right. Anyway. Yes, he also has no idea what we're talking no, about. No, doesn't understand anything. <laughs> just here's like It's like um, when Brick from um, Anchorman and Steve Carell just says, loud noises. Because he doesn't understand anything. That's our five-year-old. But uh, you mentioned something about Esther's, which is people getting into these festive holiday moods. We feel that because it feels like people were not really going out for much of the holiday season in 2020. And this year, everyone wants to go out. We're going to multiple parties this year, which is something you and I don't necessarily do. When they're either outside or everyone's vaccinated, Correct. people are, I think, doing a nice job in the invites of making it really clear what the, the standards are for the party. And so people feel like, okay, I'm taking this risk, but, you know, they're taking precautions and that's helpful because we all have to move on and want to like celebrate a season. And I will say we're, we're in Southern California. We're lucky enough to have totally. the party we went to last weekend. Was it mostly outside. Mostly outside, exactly. So we do have that luxury. But as I was saying, everyone is sort of feeling like we're going to have a party this year. We understand that, you know, there are still issues with health concerns, but we're going to push through and have Christmas parties. I'll tell you what, I'm banking on it because <laughs> let me tell you, although wine sales in April of 2020 really rose, okay, everybody was drinking wine then, what plummeted were the sales of Magnums? Large format bottles. So I have not bought any large format bottles. This is interesting. But This is breaking news here. I will tell you, last week, right before Thanksgiving, bought three different sparkling wines in Magnum. I'm like, I think we can sell these. Like, people will do it, you know? One uh, Pet Nat from Germany and then two different different champagnes in Magnum. So we'll see. We'll see if they sell. But just to be clear, none of them sold yet. Not that I know of. The next episode, we're going to have a check-in. Okay. A Magnum check-in. I'll have to buy one. (laughs) (laughs) Just to to make it sound cool. (laughs) Yeah. You can sit around the house. You and me. Um, Speaking of Magnums, it's the season. 
for sparkling wine. It's it just, it's the season for champagne. It's I I never see bigger smiles from Catherine than when she drinks champagne. So let's get into it. I want to talk about this wine tonight because you want to talk about this wine. This is a wine that you suggested. This is a wine that you want to talk about not only because of how delicious it is, but the process in which it's made. So let's remind the audience what we're drinking tonight, and let's get into your thoughts on the wine. So we are drinking the Vincent Couche. This is Eclipsia. It's the Rosé Champagne Non-Vintage. I am really excited about this wine. First of all, in Champagne, it is not common to see organic wine, certified organic, It's not common. And it is really not common to see biodynamic wine. That is so special. This wine is organic, biodynamic, and also no sulfur added. This is completely a natural wine. And it definitely, as it's opening up, is tasting more and more like wine. And it still has those bubbles and it is definitely champagne. But there's also other layers to it that are coming out that are just different and it's an experience. I think it's absolutely delicious. Before we get into the specifics of how the wine is made, can you talk a little bit about, remind the audience about what biodynamic means with regards to wine? So biodynamic is a way of farming that predates organic farming even. It's a way, the easiest way I think to think of it is bio means life dynamic, dynamic life. It's a way of seeing the vineyard or seeing your land, whatever it is, as a whole ecological system and that everything within that system has a connection. And not only within the vineyard, but also with the moon and the stars and the sun, it's what is that connection? So in addition to not using pesticides or herbicides, they're also doing preparations to give back to the vineyard that will enhance this life. Uh, Different teas and tinctures and sprays, all natural, almost a farmer's almanac way of seeing, if you will. And it can be quite spiritual. There is one... um, certifying board, the Demeter, that certifies for biodynamics. But there are many, many winemakers and other farmers that practice biodynamics without being certified under Demeter. Got it. So this is, as I said, champagne made in this method is rare. The other thing that's kind of interesting about this, there are five regions in Champagne. This is from the Aube or the Cote de Bar, which is the closest to Chablis. It's the most southern part of Champagne, and it's mostly Pinot Noir there. And traditionally, almost all that land was just going towards the big houses. You know, traditionally, Champagne is about style, right? It's about luxury. It's about these big houses making stylized wines. And there's a reason for that. You know, it was Champagne traditionally, historically, really cold, you know, and struggle for the grapes to get ripe. So sparkling wine really made sense and making a stylized wine made sense because it all it wasn't all about the specific vintage and it wasn't about how the grapes did that year. It was about the style of the house. And in great years, you could make a vintage champagne. Now as our technology improves, farming methods improve, 
and it's getting a little bit warmer, the earth, um, (laughs) there are so many ways to make wonderful wine every year. And there is, there's just more at the fingertips of the farmers. And what started was the grower producer movement. That means more winemakers who were more farmers who were just not selling their grapes to these big houses, but who were like, I'm going to keep my grapes and I'm going to make my own wine from them. And Vincent is a third generation winemaker in the Obe and part of this grower movement. And he has really taken it a step further by going in fully into organics and being certified by Dynamic. Now, he only has 13 hectares in the Aube, and three are for Chardonnay, and 10 are for Pinot Noir, but as I said, it's mostly Pinot Noir in this area, and he's just making fully natural champagne. Now, I think that'll be the next movement. There's not that many people making really, truly natural champagnes. That's that's the next wave that we're in, but, but the grower-producer movement is real. I mean, people are definitely buyers and consumers are fully aware of that movement. So with this movement of grower producers, we're getting more artisanal wines, wines that are crafted and wines about terroir, wines that are actually about the land. And that's what's so cool about Vincent is he said he he says he doesn't see himself as a winemaker. He says that the wine comes from the stars the sun, the soil, the sky, and he's just a caretaker, a guide. And I love this idea. It's just, it's something, you've heard this from other winemakers in other regions, but it's not every day you see this in Champagne. So I think it's really, really special. He's not adding anything to the wine. It's native yeast fermentation. There's no additives except for a tiny bit of dosage. There's no sulfur added. These wines are fermented with native yeast in large oak. They're aged in oak. They go through full mallow. So they're just, he's just guiding them along the way. And you can taste that in this wine. It's a deeper color, pink. It's got like fizzy bubbles at the beginning and then they sort of soften, soften as you're drinking it. As you drink it and it opens, it starts to smell more and more like wine. And I asked our friend, Jeremy Garber, who represents this wine in Los Angeles, because when we were talking about this wine, I was so excited about it. And I and I sent him a text. I said, remind me, you didn't you say something like his vineyards are so wild, there's so much life in them, you couldn't figure out where the forest started and the vineyard began. And I'm just going to read you a second of what he wrote to me because it's really cool. He says, I'm going to attempt to explain it. His vines are on hillsides and he's bought the land around the vineyards as well as the forest and kept the forest to protect his vines from his neighbors or farmers who spray. You know, most of the vineyards have a forest at the bottom and the top of the hills. And he recently started installing these giant stakes that kind of create a trellis system for the vines to grow up. He planted fruit trees and nut trees along the vines and they all grow intertwined. And they're these 30 foot foliage walls that create corridors to connect the forest to the top of the vineyard. 
this is crazy. <laughs> and they connect the top of the vineyard to the bottom. So all the animals and insects will travel through the vineyard and always be present, even when the vines aren't flowering or bearing fruit. Are you kidding me? How amazing is that? He's changed the whole landscape of the vineyards, literally and figuratively. This is so special. This text came in, by the way. While we're taping we're this, because I had texted him earlier tonight, but I, I clearly, as someone who sees himself as the caretaker of the grapes and that all these other things are making the wine, the stars, the land, the soil, the sky, all of it. One thing you mentioned, and we talked about earlier as we were tasting the wine for the first time, was some of the textural differences you're getting with this champagne than you get in normal champagnes. Yeah. I mean, definitely... So it's a deeper rosé, which is not different. There's plenty of conventional rose, champagne rosés that are this color. But when you put your nose in it first off, you get that like just like slightly nutty, really yeasty, but that kind of natural wine thing that you don't always get in champagne. It's got a deep, deep berry nose. And this is... This is 80% Pinot Noir, 20% Chardonnay. And you definitely get that. I mean, you have this deep, deep berry fruit. But it, to me, just smells more like a wine, a red wine almost. It has a lot of mouthfeel, that ripe berry fruit. It's got a tartness to it. There's like that, ooh, hi, Cran, cranberry, like underripe red fruit a lot of apple, red apple. There's that little tiny cider quality that I always get with some natural wines, but not in a bad way. It's just in a really refreshing way. And the bubbles get softer and softer as you're drinking it. When you first pour it, like your glass has this beautiful like frothy top and then it sort of settles as it goes. That sounds me going back for more. You write about so much of this wine tasting like still wines because the bubbles dissipate pretty quickly they're soft you know exactly they're softer it's not like so aggressive it's not so persistent it's softer yeah it's delicious sometimes you just open champagnes and you're like this is hitting my pleasure center drinking so fast i think this is a wine you could actually sit with for a while as a sparkling wine i i agree it's more like a still wine in that it's also evolved since mm-hmm. we've opened it. Sometimes sparkling wine, you feel like it's just, you get the same thing. It's not evolving as you, the bottle, as you've had the bottle open. Now, sometimes that's because we drink it too fast, but sometimes it's because it's not about that. You know, it should be like, the winemaker made this style and that's what you're getting and that's it. But this is a wine that is, it definitely is living. You know, it had a, a vibe when we opened it and it has a feeling now, you know, a couple hours later. Really cool one. I cannot wait to visit this guy. These vineyards sound so neat. And also, yeah, this is just, it's real live wine. Real live champagne is not normal. Now, oh, I will say also, this is kind of cool. Aged three years on the lees. And this was disgorged in February 2020 excuse me, February 2021, clay and limestone soil. I'm reading all this from the back. And there is some dosage here. 
it's less than 10 grams, but it's got, it's hitting that pleasure spot that like, I think, I don't know, to me, somewhere between five and seven grams, five and eight grams, everybody likes it. It's always hitting that like you bring it somewhere and everyone enjoys it. Sometimes if it has no dosage, it's too dry. It just, the winos love it. And then all your friends are like, oh, it's a little much. This is perfect. And we talk about champagne. So you, some of the words we've talked about, disgorgement, et cetera, are words we've discussed in previous episodes of the podcast. So go check out uh, episodes 49, episodes 50, episode one. Go back to the beginning with us. We talk about some of those buzzwords that we talk about when, whenever we're speaking on sparkling wine champagne. Can we talk about... This is interesting to me because there's classic pairings for champagne, food pairings. But does this wine force you to think differently about some of the pairings because it is has a complexity to it? Or are we still going to the classics? I think it does make me think a little bit differently. Now, people always, uh, sometimes our staff's like, well, what's a wine that goes ever- with everything? I'm like, ah, uh, champagne goes up with everything. <laughs> except for sweets, except for dessert. But... I think because of the slightly softer bubbles and the acid is a little bit more mellow here, this is a really great pairing for spicy food. Now, I always think champagne is a great option. Uh, uh, the sister restaurant, Casilla to Esther's, champagne would be my go-to there. I think this would be particularly good. It would be great with that takeout Thai food we had the other night with that coconut curry. It would be so good with the pad Thai, obviously. Sweet and sour chicken. I'm thinking of this with Indian food. Even like, oh gosh, what's that place downtown that has that spicy fried chicken that's just like the best fried chicken and so spicy? This would be great with spicy fried chicken. Helen Ray's, I believe is uh, So this would be fantastic with that. Like any kind of spice, I feel like it's soft enough. It's not so aggressive and the acid isn't so ripping and the bubbles aren't so strong that it competes with the uh, spiciness. I feel like it would just sort of round it out. Yeah. That's what I want to do for a birthday, I think, is like Nashville hot chicken and champagne. That sounds like a great Um. Party. Yes. Let's do that for your birthday. <laughs> this would be fantastic for that. And so where can people find this wine or... We'll talk about champagne again next episode, but where, how would you recommend people go and discover maybe this wine, but also discover grower champagnes in their area? Well, that's something to ask for. Go to your local wine shop, go to your small wine shop, ask for grower champagnes. And if they do, you know, look into it. If they can tell you how they were made, how they were grown, there's not a ton that are organic and really very few that are biodynamic, but start asking for them and make those wine shop owners start looking for them and start buying them. But this one is organic. It is biodynamic. It is at Esther's. Hopefully it's other many other places near you. Absolutely. Great way to kick off for our purposes the holiday season with champagne. It's delicious. It's only gotten better. I completely agree. Yeah. I feel like this is truly just opened and blossomed in the last two hours. And you understand that once you hear the story about how the wine is made and the thought put into it. So really exciting bottle of wine. 
All right, now we get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go first. This is obvious if you live in my household. I've stayed up at night way too late watching the Get Back documentary, The Making of Let It Be from the Beatles. Is anyone else watching this? I'm blown away by this documentary. I'm sure a lot of you have watched it, tried to watch it. It's not short. It's three episodes on Disney+. Plus. Each episode is two and a half hours to up to three hours. It's like nine hours of content. But the cool thing is, the cool thing is, it's nine hours with the Beatles. I mean, you're hanging out with four of the coolest people in the world. And it's all process-based. If you are into creating things, making things, I think this is an extra special documentary to watch because you're watching things being formed and created, these songs. This is not a, this is a, not a spoiler. Get Back is on the, <laughs> Get Back is on the, uh, on the album. But the documentary catches Paul McCartney basically making Get Back in the span of three minutes that the documentary watches him. And I, when I saw it, I was basically jumped out of my seat. And then I replayed it for Catherine the next day while our kids are sitting around. And we're both basically in tears because this guy just created one of the great songs of the world in four minutes. It was so moving. <laughs> the whole thing is amazing. For many reasons, I'm, I will probably do a separate podcast somewhere just talking about the things I loved about this fashion, the music, the, the, the other discussions they have, how cool Ringo is, which you never really think about. So much to discuss, super inspiring. And when they did the concert on the rooftop of Apple Records, you get up and dance. I mean, that's it, such an iconic moment. It is really cool to see the process of what, will they, won't they do this? Of course, we know they do. What's inspiring, last thing I'll say, is how already great musicians still work hard at their craft. They're still there grinding on minute pieces of the song to make it iconic. That's inspiring to me. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Get back. If you don't mind minutia, process, hearing songs over and over and over again, you'll love this documentary. So that's mine. Well, I will rely on you to play me the best Yes, clips. I'll give you the hits. Thank you so much. Yep, but they've been fabulous. Yep. What do you have? Well, in honor of Vincent Couchet and a winemaker who says that his wine is coming from the stars and the sun, this is the season of light, right? So we have Diwali and Hanukkah and Advent and New Year's and Christmas. It's just, it's the season of light and the winter solstice. I just have been reading one of my favorite parenting books. Which is called The Parents Dodging. <laughs> it's a new interpretation. This is by William Martin. I just absolutely love this book. For any parents out there who are sick of the regular parenting books, this is just one for your bedside. But this is just a little message that I was reading today. This is called Clouds of Light. They look so small and frail, but they are so great and magnificent. They are born of the same womb that birthed the cosmos and knitted together the galaxies. If you could see them as they truly are, you would be astounded. You would not see little children, but dancing clouds of light, energy in motion, swimming in an ocean of love. They are so much more than what you see, as are you. That's for my babies. I feel like it's been a minute since we've had a Catherine's Book Club recommendation. Um, 
Yeah. Well, you know, there's a little bit less time to read these days. That's very but true. This, this, this is this perfect yeah. uh, bedside reading here. Yeah. Somehow uh, I've carved out nine hours for a documentary, but that's the choice you make. You watch documentaries at 12.30 at night and you sleep till 5.30. Yeah, I'm sorry. I go to sleep. You don't do that. I know. You treasure <laughs> sleep. It's a good little stocking stuffer size book. Could fit in a stocking maybe. It's a wonderful book. I'm going to check it out. All right. That's it. That's it. That's episode... 76 of the long finish episode 76 is in the books thank you to everyone for listening to this episode and every episode that we've had so far one more uh i don't know giving season request if you have a chance to rate review and subscribe to the show it'd mean a lot to us Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media find us on instagram me at Catherine Wild Coker and the Long Finish at the Long Finish. And find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Uh, we're going to have one more episode talking about what to bring to your holiday party and New Year's Eve event, should you have oh. it. The perfect bottle of sparkling Ooh. wine. So we'll have that discussion. Stay tuned for that. Until then, have a great run of holiday parties events being with family and friends be safe be happy be healthy and happy drinking ciao